Hello, hello, Betty Babes and Bows. Welcome to episode seven of the official Betty Page podcast. This is Tori Rodriguez here with my co-host, Mark Morey. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you, Tori? I'm really looking forward to today's episode. Me too. I'm so excited because we have a really special guest, um, cosplayer, writer, and I think a bunch of other stuff <laughs> that we'll hear about, um, Anna Mia. Hey, Anna Mia. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hey, Anna Mia. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on. It was actually our first time um, having a guest on the show with both um, me and Mark. On Oh, on very that. cool. Yeah. Yes. And Annie Mia, you're the first guest under 90 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had because we the one guest we have had is um, Jack Faragasso, the artist um, and photographer who who worked with Betty back in the 50s, and he's actually 93. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a great interview. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're, we're so happy to have you on. And, um, you know, are you familiar with the the, the phrase, what a Betty? <laughs> uh, I am, actually. It's been a long time since I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I actually um, have a column on, on the Betty Page Fitness website called What a Betty. And it, you know, features women that are, are Bettys, you know, like just all around, like, renaissance women if you will and like just multi-talented um you know passionate and um you know have their own strong voice and all that good stuff and you definitely um, fit that fit that bill and um it i'm excited to talk about like, i have so many questions and i know and mark has a lot of questions too um but yeah I, tori I to... and that the photos you posted of mia on our social media got a lot of comments i mean she just looks gorgeous in those photos oh thank you thank uh, you definitely. and i i mean and did i do i understand correctly it seems like i read somewhere that you actually took some of those photographs yourself yeah um you know with with covid and quarantining and being stuck inside um as a cosplayer a lot of us had to get very resourceful on um you know, how are we going to take photos and continue to have like content? So yeah, a lot of uh, the photos that I did are self shot. Um, I can't edit worth a lick. So I have a <laughs> that I hire out to do all the editing, but um, I can at least send him an all right photo to work with. So <laughs> well, you all did an amazing job. And it, it just made me think like Betty would be so proud because <laughs> as you as you probably know, she was like super creative and made a lot of her, her costumes. Oh, yeah did her own hair and makeup and just really was a, a self-made woman. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of incredible to like follow in her footsteps. Cause you know, in a way she like has a lot of the same characteristics of, you know, cosplayers and, and yeah. models nowadays, you know, and, and kind of having to be a Jill of all trades when it comes to the entertainment industry. Um, so, yeah, I think Betty would fit right in right now. So maybe <laughs> yeah. we can refer to Betty as one of the original cosplayers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it occurred to me because, you know, Mark and I have talked on the show before about how, like, we kind of realized, like, Betty's actually really the most emulated person in history. I mean, probably mm -hmm. hands down. Um, you know, we, we've talked before about how, you know, you have Elvis impersonators and Marilyn impersonators and things like that, but nothing to the scale of, like, 
really Betty's like everyday cosplay you know like people walking around all day every day looking like Betty it's like they're everyday yeah it, she has completely embodied like that 1950s 60s pinup look everything is very Betty you know even when you're like looking up just 1950s outfits people have the, the Betty haircut and it's just she is so iconic um, absolutely and and it doesn't matter whether it's cosplay or pinup or you know even burlesque she has really influenced every single one of those i feel oh absolutely uh, tori if you don't mind i'd love to ask mia a little bit about her background her bio yes, you could tell us a little bit about how she got to be who she is yeah um so i have always been you know a geek and lover of, of comics and things since i was little because my dad um and so i i but i didn't know conventions existed until you know i was in college and one of my coworkers was like oh you should go to a, an anime convention and i was like oh wow i didn't know there were conventions for you know people who love the things that we do and I went and I saw cosplayers and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is so much fun. I want to do this. <laughs> You're like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I never stopped. Like, and it became such a passion that I learned how to sew. I learned how to do, um, you know, so many more aspects of the craft uh, yeah. through a lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now it's blossomed into, you know, I, I did cosplay. I've, I've gotten to go to conventions around the world as a guest. Um, and then I started dabbling into the, the comic world, which is like coming full circle almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, I work for Previews World and I do, I, I host some of their videos on comic books and I write about cosplay issues for a magazine and a website and then now i am writing comic books which is like the ultimate full circle That's amazing. Um, and i get to write about betty page which is which is incredible because she has been an influence of mine you know coming from that whole influencing pinup and and yeah. all that lifestyle like i've looked up to her for that for a long time and so it's great to be able to to write her as a character and especially the the character that they really kind of created for her with dynamite comics yeah definitely and i want we were hoping to get um to just clarify with you because i know like you're on you're on some variant covers already that are on, on some issues that are that are currently in circulation right mm -hmm. and then the one the, the issue that you wrote is that available yet or what's so, the deal with that? So yeah, I was on the cover of Betty and the Curse, Betty Page and the Curse of the Banshee, um, which is Stephen Mooney's that came out, which is incredible, and I got to be on two of the covers of that. That's so um, cool. And then we did the Indiegogo that just finished up for uh, the one that I wrote, which is Betty Page and the Bigfoot Bandits. So kind of continuing with Betty and her, you know investigation into the unknown and the the supernatural and yeah. uh and that one we just ended the indiegogo actually on friday uh and it went spectacularly and oh, because, congratulations thank you and actually because of that and you guys will be the first place that actually hears anything about it because of the success success of that um i've actually been asked to write a another five issue series um that will be coming out next year so 
with the in the with the Betty in the Betty yes series. yes oh in the God, Betty so universe exciting. so very exciting I get to wow. continue her story oh Tamia how can people get the comic book that you just wrote so the Indiegogo just ended I'm not sure if they will be putting that out in print they might later in a you know in some format or other um, but as of right now the that was the Indiegogo. There may have been some retailers that purchased some copies. Um, so it might oh, be something so you could to only get it through Indiegogo. Yeah, it was a big Indiegogo. Can oh, I, you okay. know, it's my first time writing a comic. Um, and so I think it was, let's see how this goes. And, and, and it went really well. So, yeah. Right. And that, so that's pretty cool. Like you, so you're, you're really, embodying Betty in a really unique way because you're having to like really kind of put yourself in her place to, to sort of write this character right yeah so it's like before when I was doing the cosplay aspect of it you know I'm I'm kind of becoming Betty in mm -hmm. in the photo shoots and kind of you know posing as Betty would and, and you know putting on the right music to get the Betty mood you know sometimes yeah. I've definitely done that um but when I'm writing her it's completely different because now I'm I'm literally having to think as Betty and you know how would Betty act and and what would she say and what's her personality like um so that was really fun uh to to kind of yeah. get inside of her head and and because of the character that they've created with her with dynamite and being kind of this international spy um you really get to have fun with her and she gets you know to be really feisty which i think betty naturally would you know absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. Betty's very fiery and spicy and um so it was a lot of fun and i love how like in in a way like these comics have have given betty new life in in the sense of like you know i, I know you're aware of like all the hardships that she experienced and, mm -hmm. and she didn't really get to go on a lot of the adventures that she wanted to um in in life you know and it's like it's just so cool kind of to see that she's like getting to have all these adventures and kick some ass yeah <laughs> yeah travel the world bigger well, than life now you know and with these comics that are coming out now, it turns out that Betty has been a comic book character really for something like 45 years. Oh, right. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I, I don't know if you know the history of Betty as a comic book character. I mean, it was comic books back in the 80s, The Rocketeer by Dave Stevens, that, that was the one of the first things to bring Betty back into prominence after the 50s and 60s. Wow, I had no idea it had been that long. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. And then, then Greg Theakston wrote the Betty pages. Now, that wasn't exactly a comic book. It was all about Betty and photographs. But he was a comic book writer and publisher. Mm -hmm. And then there was other comic books in the 90s, like Tor Love Betty. I'm just doing these from memory. I don't remember all of them. So, and then more, in more recent years, Dynamite Comics has been doing a bunch of comics about Betty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've really gotten into the Dynamite series. I, I haven't read some of the older ones, but maybe I'm going to have to now and go back and get, you know, an even bigger history of her. But the Dynamite series, I love what they've done with her and, and, and her character and just giving her this new breath of life and introducing her to another generation. Um, Definitely. And, and I think, honestly, her legacy, because she's so fundamentally involved in so many, you know, in pinup and, and burlesque and all that, I think her influence is just going to stick around forever. It's... 
Iconic. Yeah, I well, you know, the, the Rocketeer comic book inspired a movie uh, based on it, and the Betty character was played by Jennifer Connelly. I think that was in the <laughs> early 90s. Oh, gosh. I remember the Rocketeer. It's been forever yeah. since I've... And I did not remember that she was a character in that. I will... Oh. I don't think they called her Betty in the movie. Oh. I don't remember. But, right. Uh, yeah. Because I, I was going to ask you that, that actually, Mark, because I know they really tried to like de Betty fy the character for the movie, right? Because it's like Disney. And I had read some stuff about how they, they didn't want it to be like closely. Well, I think maybe linked. they couldn't find Betty. So ah. they didn't want to call it Betty and then have a lawsuit later. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Oh, I'm rewatching The Rocketeer today now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. can't believe I've never watched it. There's a scene, there's a scene it. from the Rocketeer in my film. Betty Page reveals all. Oh, oh I, don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, um, no, I I, it... I love her. I just I kind of wanted to like put this in here. Um, I love her influence, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm from Seattle. And uh, we actually have a Betty Page house here. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And what's so funny is that I pass by it all the time on the freeway. And every time I look over, like before, when I first moved here, I was like, oh, I love the Betty. And it has so much more meaning to me now. And I kind of want when when the comic comes out to take it over there and I don't know how creepy yes. I'll be going up to them and being like hi <laughs> I wrote this Betty like Page that. comic can I take a picture in front of your giant Betty Page wall <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to reach them and they would probably love that they actually I don't know if, you, if you're aware they actually had they've, they've had some vandalism yeah that piece a couple times and one time was was fairly recent um, yeah. and, and they had an artist go and kind of restore or redo it um, yeah, it was great. Actually, I think I think they did like a like a GoFundMe or some sort of like um, oh. crowdfunding to bring out the original artist who I think was located on the East Coast at that time. Oh, cool. so yeah, they were like, "Hey, if we can get you know funding together to bring the original artist back to redo it, make it better," um, and I, I guess it went through because it's back up there and it looks gorgeous again. So. Yeah. Yeah, what a what a tribute <laughs> just seeing Betty <laughs> from the freeway <laughs> when you drive past. That's so cool. Um and so you like you, you something intrigued me. You said like you talked about like um like putting on some music to kind of get in the Betty mood and um I'm just curious about like it's that that made me think like you would be a really good person to kind of give advice to uh, to people about like sort of like kind of getting into the Betty character, you know, <laughs> like just sort of embodying Betty themselves. And like, what would you recommend if somebody wanted to sort of experiment with, with that, like the music and the vibe and the look and all that stuff, like what's, what would be a kind of a good place to start? Oh yeah. Um, okay. So I, I actually did a photo shoot recently that will be for something in the future. Um, but I rented, so I rented out this Airbnb nearby that actually has an entire tiki themed like room to yeah. it, um, which is very like 1950s. You know, she's she's great in bikinis and and you know her her beach scenes, and so it just was very perfect for the setting. Yeah. Um, and you know, threw on a mix of like 
you know, music from the 50s and the 60s, but then also some like more contemporary things that kind of fit that same vibe of, um, you know, sexiness. So, um, you know, there's some Portis head on in there. Oh. Um, <laughs> kind of getting that, you yeah. know, because she's got that kind of seductive look to her, totally. yet at the same time, it's very playful. Um, and so it, it was a lot of fun to do that. And then to get into the real vibe is when you're getting into the makeup and the hair. Um, and it just kind of all comes together. Even, even like just doing the nails a little bit makes you feel a little more mm-hmm. yeah, seductive, a little more Betty. Cause that's, that's kind of what it is, right? It's like, it's almost this like innocent seductiveness right um and it's very playful and and even when she's completely sexy you know she's got this this smile and Mm -hmm. it's like this it's it's a and not a lot of people can pull that off yeah you know it's a very hard to like look sexy but also look not not too sexy (laughs) at the same time like (laughs) that's betty is kind of a wholesome sexiness yes Yes. And, and a... I don't know if you guys know, we were talking about music related, Betty. When I was researching the film Betty Page Reveals All, I found more than 100 original songs about Betty Page, several of which are in the movie. Wow. Oh, wow. There's some great songs about Betty out there. Some like, you know, too many for me to even use. Okay. Well, we need to get some playlists going, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, and so, Mia, how did. Um, like sort of going through this experience and, and kind of learning more about Betty and really embodying Betty and um, writing from her perspective and all that good stuff, sort of like, how has that sort of influenced your, you and, you know, in your daily life? Um, It's, it's kind of given me a little touch of Betty myself. Yeah. (laughs) There's like that inner, you know, especially when I'm writing her and, and I'm going through and, all day I've been in this, all right, what would Betty do? WBD, what would Betty do? So when I'm constantly like in that mind frame and then I'll just catch myself like afterwards and I'm just like, a little more sassy you know yeah, that's so cool that and that just makes me think like that would be a fun experiment too for for people to just maybe pick a day or or you know an hour or something and and just like make a make it a point to like you know keep checking in with yourself I'm like what would Betty do in this situation and kind of like do it a little differently than you normally would honestly it's great for the self-confidence um because Betty had confidence out (laughs) so much confidence (laughs) and and there's something about you know getting into tune with that and especially with cosplay you know you start kind of taking on the characteristics of the character that you're cosplaying even inadvertently you know you just kind of Mm -hmm. become that person and if being Betty for an hour a day or thinking about how you would feel like Betty as you're putting on your makeup in the beginning of the day can really, you know, change your own self-esteem and give you a little boost and some confidence. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you say that, Mia, because that's that's the when I was doing the research, I started running into these young girls just working behind the counters in stores who who I, I understood from talking to them, getting their self-confidence, their sexual confidence 
from identifying with Betty. And in Betty's photographs, that confidence really comes through. Maybe you could talk mm-hmm. about that a little more. Yeah, I there. So in modeling, it's one of those things of, you know, you can see when someone's confident in themselves by how they come out in front of a camera. Because when you're not feeling so great about yourself that day, it you can see it. it your face, it's kind of behind the eyes. And yeah. Betty has just always had this absolute confidence in, in all of her pictures. And even when she's, you know, posing next to a, I think it was a leopard. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the yeah, exactly. No one else but Betty is going to have that sort of confidence. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, you're right. That's the, you're, that's a good point. That's like the ultimate in confidence. Yeah. It's like, I got this. I got yeah, this. yeah when you can do a photo shoot with two... Right animals that want to maul you possibly you know and you do it making it look effortless and like they're your best friends and Mm. you know and she's laying down between them completely naked yeah oh yeah yeah just i mean the most vulnerable that you could be and it was just like oh that's her pets yeah, <laughs> that's good. You're, y'all are giving me a new appreciation, kind of like revisiting that that shoot again. You're giving me a new appreciation of of just how badass and cool that was. Of yeah, her and, and Bonnie to do that. There was no, there's no fear between her eyes or in you yeah. know in her eyes, and I I don't think he, I could pull that off. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I'm there's any, no. <laughs> you see the fear. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stick with the stuffed animal props. <laughs> if anything. Hey, you know, at least we have CG now. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, Mia, I have a question from one of our regular posters on the Betty Page movie Facebook page. Evan Lowenthal asked, what do you admire most about Betty? Just the fact that she was so I guess bold for her time, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you think about that time period and it's like women were so demure and dainty and composed and then you just had Betty and she was like, (laughs) I'm just going to do what I want. Like, I love that. She's like, I don't care what's in fashion. Like, I'm just going to wear what I want to wear and Mm -hmm. what I feel good in. And that's, you know, that's also a lot of her own confidence in the fact that, you know, she she did not follow by societal norms um, and she just kind of went her own way. And I think that's some of the greatest in history, especially women that that do that kind of thing. I mean, Madonna, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, all these women who just f- go against what everyone else thinks a woman should be in that time period. Well, yeah, and Madonna took some of her inspiration directly from Betty. Mm hmm. Both so in, yeah, way, I mean, in, in some of her music videos and in some of her costumes. Yeah, the, yeah. the thing that pops to mind for me immediately when you say that is like the cone bras. Yes, <laughs> <Right>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Betty is like this this long line of women in history, you know, going back in time of just women who are like, I'm just going to do what I want to do and, and forget what anyone else thinks. And they set their own path and um what is the quote uh history is never made meant or made by well-behaved women yeah. and i was like that is betty <laughs> like she was just she did what she wanted to do and 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 now she's she's history historical 
Yeah. Yeah. And Mark had made a point in one of the earlier episodes that has kind of stuck with me too, because I had never quite thought about it, you know, explicitly, but that, that Betty was like a free agent, like even back at that time, like, you know, she, she really was doing exactly what she wanted to do. And she didn't have like a manager or like a PR firm or like any, anything guiding her. She wasn't hemmed in by a machine. Mm hmm. Which I think is like really pretty unusual, wouldn't you say, Mark? Oh yeah, definitely, especially in the fifties. Yeah, and that's that's oh, the yeah. difference between people like Marilyn and others and Betty. They were all, you know, surrounded by publicists and agents and managers and limited amount of photographs and all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing. And and Betty didn't contend with any of that. Which is why she has like you know endless amount of photographs. But, circulating yes, Betty's the most photograph model of the twentieth century. Amazing. Yeah, because she just set her own trail. And I think yeah. that's inspired so many women today with, um, you know, and I think that struggle and fight is still going on today. I think she she yeah. kind of started and inspired it and it's still going on and women are still inspired by it and and setting it on their own trails. And um, yeah, she's she's kind of like the queen of doing your own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. Um. And then did you, I had a couple of like sort of general questions and wanted to find out about like what, what else do you have going on? What's next yeah. and that sort of thing. But I wanted to check with Mark and see if you have any more specific questions, Mark. No, no, uh, go ahead. Um, but just one of the things was um, what, so I, you know, I had asked you about like kind of tips on kind of embodying Betty, but, but more generally, like just since you're clearly like really devoted to your art and, and you, you, you make space and time to do those things um and which is really hard for a lot of people you know especially like people with day jobs and they want to make time to get into creative pursuits and it's it's can be pretty tough do -hmm. you have any any advice or tips for sort of honoring your creativity finding inspiration making time any of that stuff yeah uh i mean when i first started cosplaying i was a full-time recruiter like a tech recruiter so it was a lot of juggling time between the work day and then well what was a hobby is now my full-time career um and it's and it's just finding those like little moments of creativity and and the ability to kind of step away and do things for yourself there's a lot of people that find working on crafting and working on making things themselves to be kind of therapeutic and it's great for like if you have a very stressful job to just kind of take a while I mean and and do something creative get that energy out Mm -hmm. I think this is why the the big rise in adult coloring books because sometimes we just want that relaxing time to just be creative and use a different part of our brain than we're using the whole rest of the day um and it's so important yeah it really is and then it's just finding inspiration and and anything that you're like for me i'm a big movie person so uh and that's a kind of a problem for me because then i'm constantly like surrounded by things that i want to like cosplay and do yeah um, <laughs> like too much inspiration <laughs> it really is it really is sometimes and and honestly it's just once you find something that inspires you to get creative, it's almost hard to turn it off. Yeah. It's just a matter of 
going with it. And I think that's the hard part is sometimes we have great ideas and especially great creative ideas. And then we second guess ourselves and Mm -hmm. you can't do that. You have to just run with it and at least try. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the things with cosplay. I always tell new cosplayers is to just do it. And honestly, like once you get out there and you start doing it, the fear goes away and, you know, it's like avoiding a task that <laughs> you don't want to do. And then you do it and it takes five minutes and you're like, why did I procrastinate? It's that same feeling. Yeah. Just go out there and do it. And uh, yeah. And do you, one thing that's coming to mind too, is like, do you, did you have people, especially as you were kind of sort of making the transition away from like your day job and that sort of thing, did you have like naysayers? You'd have people that were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? This is weird or anything. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it was more so like them saying it was weird. I think it was more the people that were concerned, like, okay, so you're going from a steady paycheck, 401k, (laughs) health insurance, benefits, and you're going to go do something creative. Like, you know, the starving artist thing, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it was that. And, you know, when I started doing cosplay, it was really the beginning of people learning to make it into a career and how to monetize it. Um, And, you know, taking it from a hobby to something you love. So it was a big risk for us back then. So um, because it was something completely new and, um, you know, there weren't a lot of resources for it. And um, it was kind of Betty-ish. And yeah, I was like, I was own trip. same thing. I was like, how very Betty of you. <laughs> yeah, it, it really was. Because it was one of those things where it was like, all right, I, I think I'm getting to a point where I might be able to to sustain myself with <clears throat> sorry, maybe prints and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and still be able to do my crafting, but it it was very nerve wracking that that decision, sure, and sure. uh, and it took a little bit. But now you know I can make a career off of it, and I've translated it into other things. You know, like writing, because you know cosplay is very very outward appearance oriented mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes and it's good to have something as i'm getting older to to you know yeah. to transition <laughs> into um but i don't think i'll ever give it up i think i'll still be that you know 70 year old you know lady that's oh, playing that. at conventions <laughs> so there, there's cosplay grandma and grandpa They're, that's like their official title um oh. and there's this older asian couple that cosplays together They're so cute i'm like that's gonna be me i love it <laughs> well i really i really respect and, admi- and admire your your bravery and in, in following your passions and kind of doing the betty thing uh, in, in various ways yeah, I didn't think about that until now, and I'm like, oh, that's very bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, and then so just, I guess the the last question that I have is, um, just wondering kind of what's next for you in general. And um, you mentioned the the additional Betty projects coming up. Um, so just kind of let us know what else is going on in the near future. Yeah, so I will have um, an upcoming Betty series that more information will come out on uh, mid-December, somewhere around there. Okay, and we'll, um, keep, we'll keep listeners posted on that. So we'll see. Yeah, with you. so it'll be another fun adventure. I'm, I'm excited to take her on. Um, and then there will also be some new Betty covers coming out, which is um, uh, amazing. And I'm excited for people to see those because 
And it's always hard when I take the pictures and I'm like, no one can see this for months. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I know that lead time is really hard. Yes. And I rented out of like that Airbnb was very, very themed. All the rooms were different. So there's going to be some great photos um, coming up. Oh, okay. um, and then outside of that, I'm, I'm doing two conventions before the end of the year. Um, so I'll be at Emerald City Comic Con here in Seattle, uh, definitely on Saturday and Sunday. And then I will be at Comic-Con Revolution, which is in Ontario, California. It's like 45 minutes west, no, east of uh, L.A. Okay. And I will be out there. Yeah. I don't know why this just popped into my head. Maybe maybe one one of these years we can uh, meet at like Viva Las Vegas, the the Rockabilly, the Weekender. um, Oh, that that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We can like catch up with you live. Uh, yeah. Las Vegas. Um, but so, wow. It sounds like a lot of exciting stuff happening. And again, you know, I'm so grateful that you were able to make time to come on the show and tell us about all the cool stuff you're doing. Betty. Oh, thanks for having Betty me. And otherwise. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, yeah. And so um, to where you're for, in terms of your social media and where, where folks can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I am on. Instagram and tw- I'm on like Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, I'm not that great on. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Ed- again, I cannot edit anything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm with um, you on that completely. <laughs> so I'm on all of the social medias pretty much under Animia Official. Um, if you just search okay. Animia, I'm pretty we'll easy to find. Too. We'll post links on the on the Podbean page when we publish the episode. Yeah, so that will be easy to find. And did you have anything else to to ask or add, Mark? Are you there? Uh oh. I think oh, we lost we him. Mark? <laughs> um, lost lost him prematurely. Um, I don't know. But uh, but yeah. So we'll like I said, we'll we'll post those links when we publish the episode, and um, we'll you know, like I said, we'll stay in touch, and so that we can keep listeners. And followers updated on on your projects and yes, all definitely. your upcoming um, endeavors. Mm, thank you, and yeah, well, definitely anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have thank a great you. holiday season, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me on, and have a great holiday. Sure thing. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.